Welcome to Earl Stewart on Cars with Earl and Nancy Stewart. Reach them with your questions at 877-960-9960. Here's Earl and Nancy. Well, good morning, everybody. This is Earl Stewart. This is Earl Stewart on Cars. And I'm not in the uh, studio by myself. I've got a team, an automotive team. Uh, we are not a uh, musical show. I can promise you that. I can't sing at all. But this is the True Oldies station, the True Oldies channel. And uh, we're a real live radio talk show. Uh, we're unique. Every show you've ever listened to will tell you they're unique. Nothing else like it. But I think we really are unique because I know of no other radio show or TV show, for that matter, that does what we do. We expose car dealers who treat you badly. Uh, we are an advice show, uh, consultation, we answer questions, <clears throat> we try to educate, even entertain, how not to get ripped off by your car dealer. We've been doing this show for a number of years, not this particular show, because uh, we're up to two hours now, but we've been doing a show just like this for ten years, and uh, it's been received rather well. Uh, We've been telling the truth about car dealers for 10 years and never been sued. I'm just knocking on wood. I mean, to be honest with you, I'd like to be sued because I'd love to stand up in front of a real live jury and tell the truth about what goes on when people go in to buy cars, have their car serviced, maintained, repaired, leasing, buying. It's really a difficult experience. And I always quote the Gallup poll on honesty and ethics and professions to um, legitimatize what we do here. We have a lot of folks in the auto industry, the manufacturers too, the car dealer associations. Certainly all of the car dealers, there's tens of thousands of car dealers in the United States. So we're pretty much vilified by the industry. And uh, so I cite this authority, the Gallup Poll on Honesty in Ethics and Professions. You can Google it. I, I encourage you to uh, just Google Gallup, G-A-L-L-U-P, Honesty and Ethics in professions. And back in 1975, when they started the poll, they've done it every year since, car dealers have ranked at the bottom. I mean, sometimes dead last, uh, usually either dead last or next to last. I believe in 2017, last year, uh, the car dealers were next to last. Now, I, sh I started to say we were next to last because in full transparency and disclosure, I have to tell you, I am a car dealer. I call myself a recovering car dealer, but I also am actually still in the business. And when I say that, I also have to tell you, this is not an infomercial. I promise not to sell you a car, even though I operate a car dealership. Um, I look at it this way. Yeah, I could be biased. This could be a, a way for me to sell more cars. <clears throat> but I'm not going to mention my car dealership or my product. I'm going to talk to you about your car, whatever it may be, uh, Honda, Swords, General Motors, Chrysler's, uh, you name it, and uh, where you buy your car and try to help you make your next experience, buying, leasing, maintaining, and repairing your car more pleasant. Uh, we, we're live radio talk, and that's what's so exciting is that, uh, I mean, I, I really enjoy this. I do it every week get up on Saturday mornings and I really can hardly get to the studio because it's fun. I never know when that phone rings at 
877-960-9960 and excuse us if we give that number out a lot, 877-960-9960 because we love to hear from you. We love to hear your questions especially, but also your criticisms. Uh, sometimes we get some pretty harsh criticism and we can take it, trust me. I mean, test me. If you think I'll get, uh, uh, what's the word, irritated, no. I really enjoy disagreement, partly because it's showmanship, you know. If you ever watch these talk shows where it's a love fest, the host has nobody call but people that love him or her, and you just talk about how much you don't like somebody or you don't like this policy or that policy, and everybody agrees with you, that's dull. We want to have some fun. We want to have differences of opinion. And I have to tell you, I know that I'm not always right. I like to think I'm right more often than I'm wrong. But when I'm wrong, I want to hear about it. <clears throat> now, I said at the beginning, uh, Earl Stewart on cars is not really all about Earl Stewart. It's about the team in here. And I've got a man named Rick Kearney sitting to my immediate right. Rick is a certified diagnostic master technician. I mean, I'm just telling you, the guy knows more about automobiles, technologically speaking, than anybody I know. Uh, they used to call Rick a mechanic, and then they started calling him a technician, and now we call him an auto computer scientist. Uh, he really, truly knows his stuff. And uh, Rick will tell you, faster than I'll tell you, that about every week he's got to re-educate himself because the automotive technology is moving so fast. Do you remember back in the day when you could open the hood of your car and look underneath it and really pretty much identify? You could say, well, there's a carburetor, there's a coil, you know, there's the alternator, there's, a, you know, all the little parts of the car. And then you could even tinker with them and fix things and replace things. Can't do that anymore. You look under the hood of the car, it's like a monolith or maybe multiple monoliths and they're computer modules. And forget about it. You're not going to work on your own car. So... Rick is here to answer any questions you have about problems, uh, not just with having your car repaired at an independent garage or car dealership, but questions you have. You know, why does my car do this? Why does it make this noise? Or what do you think about this new technology? So we got Rick, and then to Rick's right is Nancy Stewart. She's my co-host. Uh, Nancy does pretty much what I do in terms of the overall picture, but she's a very strong female advocate. Uh, hashtag Me Too. Uh, the women's movement is uh, running on uh, supercharger. Uh, and it needs to be to catch up because women really, truly have been discriminated against for a long time. And uh, my mother couldn't vote when she was a kid. I mean, even before after she was a kid. Uh, women only gained the right to vote a short time ago. So that's what woman, That's what Nancy Stewart does. Tina's calling from Bonita Springs. <clears throat> Be right with you, Tina. Uh, hang on just for a second here while I introduce my son, uh, Stu Stewart. Stu is our cyber guy. Uh, again, the 21st century. Uh, it's just amazing what's happening in 2018. You can't identify technology by centuries anymore. You can't even identify technology by decades. It's by the month. You know, this is July. Uh, June was a whole lot more old-fashioned than July. So Stu's here, keeping us up to date in cyberspace with Twitter and Snapchat and Instagram and Facebook and Google. 
everything you can think of. And I know I left out a bunch of them, but it's all about social media now. So you can stream us live right now as we speak. Uh, you can go to uh, Earl Stewart on you can go to Facebook.com forward slash Earl Stewart on cars, and you can also go to Facebook.com forward slash Earl Stewie, E-A-R-L-S-T-E-W. So we're streaming all this stuff. You can watch us if you care to, listen to us on the radio. And uh, that's what we are. We're a fountain of automotive information. Now, I think we need to start talking to a caller. We do. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, I'll give you the text number, 772-497-6530. And a number you can call us on, 877 877- 960-9960. Uh, give us a call. You are an important part of the show. Uh, we look forward uh, to hearing from you every Saturday morning. We're going to be right here from, well, 10 o'clock. And we have that mystery shopping report coming up. You don't want to miss it. And our audience is free to vote on our mystery shopping report. And uh, it will be very informative, as it always is. We're going to go to Tina, who is calling from Bonita Springs. Good morning, Tina. Hi, everybody. How are you doing? Doing great. Um, I sent you text messages earlier about some auto recalls, and one of them is not really a recall, but it's just a concern because the Kia vehicles, there's been more fires that have happened with the Kias, and it hasn't really been listed as a recall yet. I don't know the year or the names of the vehicle, the models that they're, that are, that's affected, but it's something that really is a concern. And the other one was Ford. Uh, Ford's having problems with their park here. Uh, some of the Fords, if you put it in park, they'll actually roll back. Now, we live in flatland, so we don't have to worry about it too much. But for people that don't live in flat ground or park on the angle, they might have a problem if they try to put their Ford in a park. So that's something to think about. But uh, the reason why I'm mentioning this is because I know that this, this show is beautiful because it's so organic. It just moves along naturally depending upon how people, what people's concerns are. But I think it would be really good to have a segment on the show that goes to some of these major auto recalls because people don't always find out about them. Like you said, the second owner never finds out about the recalls half the time unless they open the newspaper. Well, that's a very good point, Tina. And uh, our uh, mystery shopping report today has to do with uh, your concern in spades. In other words, it's uh, most serious concern are the older vehicles. Most of the older vehicles are sold by what we call these buy-here, pay-here lots. And uh, these are the most dangerous cars, certainly when it comes to the Takata airbag recall. And uh, you'll be uh, very interested when you hear this mystery shopping report about the nonchalance that uh, sellers of older cars have to do with recalls. Uh, it is a huge problem. It's a huge problem with current model cars, and, but the older the car gets, the memories fade, the awareness fades, the concern fades, and the danger increases. So it's uh, the perfect storm uh, of a... Uh, injury or death from uh, uh, a dangerous car that's been recalled, the older cars are by far the most dangerous. Yeah, I and the article I was reading that I linked to you about the Kia, I do believe at the end of the article there was someone that was saying, if you drive a Kia, bring a fire extinguisher with you. I mean, I actually said that in the article. I was 
I'm really shocked by that. Hmm. Well, we should do something. It's <clears throat> it's difficult. I, to to my knowledge, uh, the most informative site and current site is the National Highway Traffic Safety Association (NHTSA), and uh, we try to put that uh, website URL out every week. It's safercar s a f e r c a r dot gov g o v, and everyone should check that. I mean, uh, whether you are buying a car, new or used, whether you're uh, thinking about trading your car in, uh, whether you have you, know, you you might have a car that you bought and never thought to check it at the time. You ha- you could have bought a car three or four years ago. Everything's fine. But if you haven't checked safercar.gov, www.safercar.gov, you need to do it. You owe it to yourself and to your family and to your friends. You might have a friend driving a Kia, and his Kia has been recalled. You mentioned to your friend, he says, oh, I didn't check. And uh, that's a good way to uh, save a friend's life if you are aware of this. Uh, It's... it's, uh, uh, you know, talking about the best thing we could do, Tina, and that's a re- really uh, reason I appreciate your call to bring it to our attention. We have so many other things to think about and talk about on this show, but there's nothing more important than safety, and that's what these safety recalls are all about. Yeah, exactly. And another good website is carcomplaints.com, too. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Carcomplaints gets into the NTHSA. But they have even more updated information because you get real-time information from actual auto owners. Yes. Yes. Uh, you, uh, when you ask about a car, when you buy a car, our mystery shopping reports have shown over and over you're not going to get the truth. It could be a mistake. It could be premeditated. We don't know. The important thing is you just can't say, is this car safe? Is this car been involved in an accident or has this car been recalled? You can ask the question, but the answer doesn't mean anything. And the Carfax report or the auto check report, uh, that can help you, but sometimes they're not accurate too. Nancy, you have a point? Uh, Yes. uh, To your statement you just made, I got a text and it was from Brianna and she wants to know how often does Carfax miss the safety recalls? 30% 30% is what we estimate, and we're not wow. accurate, but uh, we do hundreds of these mystery shopping reports, and over the years, we found that Carfax is accurate about 70% of the time. That's not very good when you're talking about life and death. Uh, Auto check is about the same. Um, the most accurate site is NHTSA, NHTSA, and again, that website, I can't give it out too often, safercar.gov. Your car dealership of the make car you drive is pretty accurate, uh, probably more accurate than Carfax. And you should ask the uh, service people at your car dealership to run the VIN of the car you're driving. They should have it on file if you're their customer. And run the VIN, vehicle identification number. And Chevrolet, General Motors can tell you, Honda can tell you if that's your brand car. Uh, you really got a triple check. We advise people to do the triple check, Carfax, auto check, or auto check, with the dealership and with safercar.gov. And if you do all three, you're 99.9% sure to find out if you have a recall problem. It's been my experience that auto check is not as good as Carfax. I did a Carfax and auto check on my old car, 
and Carfax had more information than AutoCheck ever did. AutoCheck was just more general, so mm -hmm. that may be something to be aware of. Good point. Well, Tina, thanks very much. I, uh, uh, we can't talk about this too much, <laughs> and uh, anybody out there that's had an experience, I'd be interested in any call at any time from anybody about somebody that uh, doesn't know. I mean, uh, we'll walk you right through the uh, process of checking it out on safercar.gov. But if you don't know if your car, everybody out there listening, probably, 99% of you are driving a car. Do you know if the car you're driving right now has been recalled? If you don't know, there's a real good chance it has been. Uh, what's the stat on that, Stu? 25% of the cars uh, have never had a recall? I think 75%. Oh, the vast majority is get them, yeah. Yeah. Most often, sometimes they're not as dangerous than others, but most all cars have had some recall at some time. Yes. And if you don't know you whether your car's been recalled, you better check. Yeah. And like we keep stressing, check multiple sources. I mean, like Tina mentioned, she said auto check in her experience wasn't that good. We've seen it go both ways. We've seen it where we don't see it on NHTSA. No. And yeah. it was on the f manufacturer's website. So the best thing to go is the manufacturers. Because I think as soon as that, that dealership does the repair and they close that invoice out, that that gets recorded with the manufacturer before anything else and then from there it goes to the other sources exactly okay I okay think well ladies go ahead i was going to say another thing that you can do that's going to really give you up-to-date up-to-date information take your year and model number or your year and the make and model of your car put it in google search engine and click on news and you'll find real-time stuff maybe even quicker than the other sources Great suggestion, Tina. Yeah, thank uh, you, Google Tina. is an uh, important part of our lives. My problem is I can't remember to ask Google often, but the questions you ask your friends and you wonder about and you scratch your head about, Google's got the answer. All you got to do is Google it, and that's a great suggestion. Great source for that also on, the, on NH NHTSA. It's called NHTSA Recall Spotlight, and it lists every manufacturer of a car in which years um, of their models um, are affected by any recall. Fantastic. Spotlight. NHTSA Spotlight. Recall Spotlight. Recall Spotlight. Thanks, Stu. Thank you very much for the call, Tina. You're uh, our best caller. Yeah, and, Tina, thank and, you. Uh, you're thank our you. most informed caller, <laughs> and we really appreciate that. Give us a call again. That number is 877-960-9960, and you can text us at 772-497-6530. And... Uh, uh, Brianna, I hope that uh, we answered your question. Uh, if you missed it, it was 30% uh, of the time that Carfax misses that uh, safety recall. But uh, as Earl and Stu discussed uh, with Tina, there's a lot of options uh, for you to get the information that you need about recalls. So 877-960-9960, and uh, uh, the uh, text number is 772-497-6530. Remember, ladies, $50 for the first two lady callers. We're waiting to hear from you. Uh, we're going to go to our next caller, and that is Pat, I believe, that's holding from West Palm Beach. I thought it was John from Palm City. John's, yeah. John's holding also. Pat, Pat had to go, I think. Oh, yep. okay. Well, we're going to go to John. Pat, if you're listening, give us a call back. Good morning, John. Good morning. I want to discuss this terrible tragedy in the lake in Branson, Missouri. Um, that involved an amphibious vehicle. That's a vehicle that goes on land and on water. It was terrible. And, uh, in my opinion, it was so highly unsafe, it wasn't funny. Mm. It was a converted military vehicle, 
and one will never be built, a passenger car that's amphibious will never be built in the United States because basically they'll never meet the specs of the DOT and the Coast Guard specs. However, there was one, only one, the world's only amphibious passenger car was made from 60 to 68. It was made in Germany. It had a uh, MG engine in it, and um, they sold about 30, uh, I'm trying to think, what 3,500 of them. It cost $3,400, weighed only 2,300 pounds. Uh, it won speed of 65 miles per hour, seven knots uh, on the water, and it was way underpowered. It was very tight quarters, and actually it was basically, as a passenger car, it was, it was basically dangerous, and that's why nobody else ever made an attempt of it. Mm-hmm. So um, it's a terrible tragedy, but I don't think that this vehicle should have been operating the way it was and hauling passengers around tourists. So that's just my opinion, but we will never see one built in the United States, and for many reasons, and um, it, it's a terrible tragedy. 17 people have died. They're going to haul it out on Monday and examine them further. You just figure out the uh, engineering of it. With wheels on the bottom, it's bottom heavy and it's not balanced right. Uh, So many mistakes were made. The captain of it never even gave orders for people to uh, put their life vests on. And it's a terrible tragedy. John, there's a whole lot of those uh, amphibious discussed. vehicles all over You've the done. country now. And they're, they call yeah. them Diva Ducks. Uh, Nancy and I have ridden in them. And uh, they got one in Palm Beach County. They're, mm-hmm. uh, they're yes. a tourist thing. And apparently somebody bought up a whole bunch of these. Uh, they're, uh, I guess, World War II amphibious vehicles. They convert them. And you raise a very interesting point. I think this is going to be all over the news now that this tragedy occurred. Because it is a motor vehicle, and it doesn't meet any safety requirements, and the fact that it runs in the water uh, is adds to the concern. Uh, my guess is they'll probably pull all these vehicles off wherever they are. I know they're in all the major cities, including even West Palm Beach, which is not a major city. They're in Miami. They're Boston, all over, San Fran. Yeah, yeah. yeah, all over. But one in Boston. Yeah. Uh, but uh, to your uh, statement, uh, John, there were two uh, amphibious uh, uh, boats out there. One made it in. That storm came up, came out of nowhere. And, uh, y- you know, it, everybody just piles on these things. And as Earl said, there's just no rules, no regulations uh, for these things. And hopefully, uh, God bless the people that lost their lives, but uh, hopefully there's going to be some law and order restored with these uh, tour boats. Thanks for the call, John. Great great call as always. Thank you, guys. Have uh, a good day. Thank you. We hey, look Rick, forward to hearing from you again. Rick has a point before uh, we take Steve. Just a little side note. Uh, President Lyndon Johnson actually had one of those amphicars that John mentioned, and he used to play a prank with people. He would get them in the car, <laughs> drive towards the <laughs> lake, <laughs> start screaming the brakes were out, and drive the thing right into the lake. That just was to watch these terrified passengers. I saw that. Yeah. But that, that true story about <laughs> Lyndon Johnson there. Mm. Ha ha. Yeah. Pretty good prank, actually. But <laughs> For whom? Okay. Uh, 877-960-9960. Or you can text us at 772-497-6530. Ladies. 
I do have $100 right here on the desk, $50 for each one of you if you give a call in. The first, first two lady callers. New callers. We're going to go to callers. first two new lady callers. That's what you're here for, honey, to correct me. No. <laughs> and I mean that in the most fondest way. Thank you. First two new lady callers. Steve has been holding. He's calling from Tecoesta. Good morning, Steve. Hello. Hello. Hi, good good morning. morning. Hello. Hi, is yes. this? About $100. Is this Steve yes, in Tequesta? Yes, I'm calling. Yes, um, this is his, yes, about the airbags. This is his wife. Hi. Oh, good morning. Hi. Good morning. What's oh. your name? My name is Penny. Hi, Penny. Hi, Penny. What can let's we do let's for let's you? Let's husband, just have one person talk to Penny. Pardon me? Can I put my husband on? Oh, certainly. Okay, hold on a minute. Okay. Hello. Good morning. How can we yes, help you? We, am I talking to, on the radio now? Yes, you are. You're live right here at Earl Stewart on Cars. And this is Nancy Stewart. Oh. We got Rick in the studio and Stu. And uh, all of us can, well, hopefully answer your question. Well, yeah, it's I'm kind of pleading for help. I've got an old Milan with an airbag problem, an 05, and I finally Ford sent me a letter to get uh, a rental car. That's mm -hmm. after a couple of years of trying to get it fixed at Advantage Ford and Stewart. And uh, recently I called them about the rental car, which recently meaning about a month ago, and they tell me that they can't find enough rental cars to give me one. And I keep calling. They don't return my call. Steve, what's the name know. of the Ford dealer you're talking about? Uh, Advantage Ford and Stewart. Okay, I suggest you try another Ford dealer. That's that's not right. Uh, you've got a you've got a Ford dealer, I think, in uh, in Fort Pierce. You've got one. You know, got several here in West Palm Beach. But uh, they sh they should provide you with that. And if they're not. Uh, and they say they don't have enough cars, there's a Ford dealer somewhere. They can also uh, allow you to rent a car and say from Enterprise or Hertz or Avis or wherever and reimburse you. So uh, you've got a dangerous car to drive. You don't want to drive it. You want to get it fixed, and you need something to drive in the interim. So if uh, Advantage Ford won't help you, uh, call uh, Best Smith uh, or... Uh, uh, we got the closest thing in Palm Beach County would probably be Mullinex Ford in North Palm Beach. Mullinex Ford is a good outfit. Give them a call. Where, what's, where are they at? North Lake? Uh, North, yeah, North Lake Boulevard, North Palm Beach, Mullinex, M-U-L-L-I-N-E-X. Is that right, Stu? I-X. A-X, yeah. I-X. So they, the dealer oh. doesn't really have to help you, right? I mean, it sounds like it's a personal thing of the dealership. No, they ha they, they're supposed to. Uh, it's just the way... It's kind of like who you're speaking to. Probably the owner of the dealership you're dealing with doesn't know what's going on. You're talking to somebody in the service department that thinks if we're out of rental cars and there's no way I can give Steve a rental car, I'll just have to tell him to wait. But if you put your foot down, uh, they'll take care of you generally. But if they don't, just try. That's the reason. Uh, competition is a wonderful thing. If one Ford dealership won't help you, you call up and say, this is what I need. Chances are the second Ford dealership will definitely take care of you. Uh, Mullinix, M-U-L-L-I-N-I-X, in North Palm okay. Beach on North Lake Boulevard. Uh, they're, they're on a recommended car dealership list, and uh, 
you call and say, you listen to Earl Stewart on cars, and Earl Stewart said to call you, they'll take care of you. Yeah, I love your show, by the way. Thanks for the tip. I'll go to Mullinex. All right, Steve. Well, thanks. I, I for... can't. They don't do. They, I call there every day. They don't return my call. Larry, the manager in the mm. service department. It's just a shame, you know. We're, I don't want my wife to drive the car. Yeah. Uh, and they just they don't want to do a thing. Well, I don't believe that they can't get rental cars from Enterprise. I just don't think they want to deal with it. But thanks. I'll try Mullinex. Love your show. And uh, you thanks, guys do Steve. a lot of good work. Thanks, thanks very much. Thank you, Steve. That has to be pretty frustrating. Oh, hey, frustrating. question for you. Yeah. One, one other question. We didn't mean to do this. We were already, I think, uh, my wife was on the phone. Do we get $100? Is she, uh, is she a first-time caller? First-time female caller? Actually, uh, actually, uh, Steve, uh, that was Penny that uh, put you on? Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. Okay, well, tell Penny to uh, get back on the line and uh, give us her information, and I'll get that check out. And that is $50 Thanks. for each first new lady uh, caller. Oh. Okay, well here she is. she didn't know she didn't know the converse, the people that I, we had talked to up at Stewart stuff, so she really didn't want to. I had the details, and she didn't. She got a little confused, and that's why she handed the phone to me. But here she is. Thanks a lot. Oh, thank you, Steve. Hi, Penny. Hello. Hey, how are you? Congratulations! You just won yourself fifty dollars for the first new lady caller, and if you stay on the line. Uh, and uh, you give out your uh, information. I can get that check out to you. Oh, thank you so much. You're we welcome, Penny. To show every Saturday. Thank you. Spread the word. Uh, tell your lady friends to give us a call. We're giving away we cash. <laughs> have we a, will. <laughs> have a great. All righty. Have a great day. You too. Thank okay. Thanks very much. Uh, call eight seven seven nine six zero nine nine sixty. Love to hear from anybody. Eight seven seven. Nine six zero ninety nine sixty, and you can text us at seven seven two four nine seven six five three zero. In fact, I've got a text right here, and this is something that uh, I think Rick can answer. I'll read this. I was a caller once before about my two thousand nine Prius that was having uh, fuel gauge and gas tank problems. Rick indicated it was a unique design with a bladder. And you offered a free diagnosis, which I'll have to check with Rick. Uh, Josh Scott is my appointment center. I will schedule and need to know that when Rick won't be on vacation. My question has two parts. Uh, what, is, what is involved in the diagnostic process? How long does it take? If replacement is needed, will it be new parts since the cars are 2009 and new parts may not be available? Also, in your opinion, would keeping this car be advisable? Since in last week's show, I heard that car parts are really not available from manufacturers after 10 years. The car has only 66,500 miles on it. Thanks for your help. And, Rick, I'll give this to you so you can refer to the text if you need to. Uh, uh, diagnostic time on that shouldn't take too long. It'll depend on what the actual concern is. Um, but if parts are needed, unfortunately, with the design of that one, it's pretty much the only replacement part is the entire fuel tank as a unit. Mm -hmm. uh, that's just the way Toyota sells them on that model. Yes, they are still available. And an interesting note, though, manufacturers are required to keep new parts available for every car, all the parts, for 10 years from the end of when that car was produced. Mm -hmm. So your 2009, all the way up through the end of the 2019 model year 
those parts are required to be kept in stock and because they're required most dealers wind up or manufacturers wind up having a nice surplus yeah. so those parts are available for years to come afterwards good information rick thank you very much Great information. We caller, we're going we? to go to our next caller, but if you didn't jot that number down, 877-960-9960, and you can text us at 772-497-6530. And ladies and gentlemen, don't forget, we have that mystery shopping report coming up, and you too can vote on that mystery shopping report by just sending us a, a text at 772-497-6530. We're going to go to Ward, who's been holding, and he's calling from Hope Sound. Welcome to the show, Ward. Hi, how are you? How are you? This is Ward from Hopestown. And uh, I assume I'm talking to Mr. and Mrs. Stewart? Yes. That's correct. Yes. Well, um, you know, actually, I, I work with uh, one of your employees, one of the most honest, beautiful men I've ever known. He works at the airport. I'm not going to mention names, but... You know who you're talking uh, about. Oh, yeah. Yep. <laughs> yeah, you know who I'm talking about. You have to know who I'm talking about. He's the... Most polite man I've ever met. Okay, that's not my. That's not why I'm calling. The reason I'm calling is that, you know, we talk about the airbags and this and that, and it's great for the people that have money and time. But what about these uh, people that I work with, the baggage handlers and so forth? And they're most of them are immigrants, and they're buying cars from accident backlots, and they don't have money or time to deal with this. And you're talking thousands of dollars. Uh, You know what? What are they supposed to do? Well, they're the they're the biggest victims. Award. It's it's kind of the theme of the show. Our, our mystery shopping report is on a buy here, pay here lot. Prime Autos in West Palm Beach on Okeechobee Boulevard, and they've been there for 50 years. And uh, thousands, tens of thousands, hundreds of thousands of cars are sold through these older lots. And people that have bad credit, uh, they make weekly payments directly to the uh, seller. Uh, these are people that are on the lowest of the income list, and you're you're absolutely right. They're probably least likely to be aware that they're buying a car with a dangerous recall, and they're the least likely to cope with it if they did know about it. And the inconvenience of having to we our previous caller was unable to get a loaner car to have his car fixed, and he seemed like a probably a a fairly intelligent, uh, uh, middle-income, uh, savvy kind of a guy. You can imagine somebody that really doesn't speak English very well. They've only been in the country for a few years. Uh, they have a low-paying job. Uh, they're the ones that that are going to be victimized the most. It's a huge problem, and they're the silent, you call them the silent majority, maybe not majority, but there's tens of thousands of people that fall in that category. And they're they're really clueless when it comes to the danger of the cars that they're buying. Right, exactly. Well, that's a, like that's a problem. It's like you know, I have a I have an 04 Tacoma. It's got a hundred and I don't know, hundred fifty something. Who knows? I just get stuff there. But do I have enough money to replace the airbags? I, I you know, I, I I can't really dip into my savings for two thousand dollars or whatever it's going to cost to. Well, Ward, you don't have to pay. You don't have to pay for the airbags. You just have to be able to uh, take it to a branch to the manufacturer of your vehicle. If you have a Tacoma, and the airbags have re- been pre- uh, recalled, you take it to a Toyota dealer, and they pay pay for the installation. 
the challenge sometimes is not having the airbag available, the airbag inflator. Uh, in Toyota's case, they're pretty well caught up, but there's some manufacturers like Ford and Honda and BMW that are ca- kind of running a backlog in terms of being able to provide the parts to fix the airbags. But uh, no, on all safety recalls, the manufacturers uh, pick up the tab. Well, wouldn't it, just for, uh, you know, just for argument's sake, wouldn't it be safer just to have this thing removed and disconnected and use the safety belt, uh, uh, you know, I mean, you know, you're riding around with this bomb, you're riding around with a hand grenade in your steering yeah. wheel, and, and wouldn't it be better if you had an older car like mine just to have it removed? If you had to, Ward, and some people do elect that option, uh, uh, it's a judgment call. I mean, here's the thing you have to bear in mind. Every Takata airbag, even though it's been recalled, is not going to explode when you're involved in a collision. In fact, we have on-record cases where they've exploded with no collision. But the percentage of this happening, percentage of the time this happened, is relatively small. But when you're talking life and death, you know, one chance out of ten is not very good odds. If you're involved in a collision and you have a Takata airbag that's been recalled, the airbag will deploy. What are the percentage chances that the airbag will explode, the shrapnel will be sent out and hurt you or kill you? Um, nobody knows that exact percentage. But if you have no airbag at all, then you have to play the other odds. What are the odds that if you're going to be in the collision and you have no airbag, that you're going to be injured? Nobody can answer that question because you don't know the severity of the collision and how your car is going to respond. So it's a terrible choice. You're caught between the devil of the deep blue sea. You really have no uh, no good answer. Yeah, yeah. So, but we have had people that said, I, I don't want to be worrying about this to cut airbag. Sometimes on the passenger side, they'll have it removed. Uh, you're exposing your passenger to the same dilemma that you would have if on the driver's side. So it's a terrible choice to have to make. You have to make that call yourself. Okay. Well, it's just one more side interest. I you know, worked in the baggage at PBI, mm-hmm. and that was on the prohibitive item list, was the, uh, you know, the assembly for the airbags, because with that in the belly of oh, a yeah. plane, and it decided to, you know, go off, it would cause some destruction in the belly yeah, of yeah. the airplane, so that was, it was briefing after briefing about that being on the prohibitive item list, and uh, if you found one in a bag or saw one on the x-ray, you would definitely have taken that thing out and call an airline and have them remove it, so. Yeah. I hear you. Point to your passenger people that are going to fly. Don't try to transport these things on on a jet. I'm glad those are prohibited. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah, I'm flying tomorrow. Maybe okay. I'll see you at the PBA leave, tomorrow. Leave, Must do. leave home your okay. nail clippers. Well, you. Your nail clippers and your thank airbag. you. And that employee, I was telling you about, he is a wonderful man, and that's uh, right. Definitely, he is. Top of the day, car, I'm going to go see him. Yeah, top of the day. He's always very helpful. <laughs> Thanks for the call. Okay, thank you. Thank you, Okay, bye. 877-960-9960, or you can text us at 772-497-6530. Uh, I have a young lady that has texted me, and uh, she's out uh, looking for a car. She wants to know if she should keep her, well, trade-in separate from the deal. My answer, definitely yes, but I'll let the recovering car dealer elaborate on that question. Yes is the answer. You got it right, and... Uh you keep, there's three part, parts to a purchase of a car. Trade-in, financing, and the purchase of the car. They should all three be kept separate. Uh, 
once you clump them together with a car dealer, he can work any one of those three corners of that triangle to his advantage. He can give you a great price on the car, but he'll make a million dollars on the financing and the trade-in. So you have to get a separate bid on your trade-in. If you're driving a Honda, you can go to three Honda dealers, mm -hmm. go to the used car department, speak to the used car manager, say, I want to sell my Honda. What will you pay me for it? This is the only way you get a real honest answer to what your used Honda is worth. If that Honda dealer thinks that he can buy it, and that Honda dealer knows that you're getting bids from other Honda dealers, they like to buy used cars that they can sell and make a profit. And so they will bid the highest that they can afford to bid on your car, and that will be a good indication of the value of that used Honda. Now, financing, credit unions, are the best source of financing, even better than banks. Your own bank is a much better source of financing than the dealer. So <clears throat> get a bid from your credit union, your bank. Have that interest rate and those terms in your mind when you go into the car dealership. I'm not saying you don't give the car dealer an opportunity to earn your financing business, but you need to have him measured against what the bank or credit union will do for you. And finally, the price of the car. You get three bids, you're buying a Honda, you go to three Honda new car departments and say to Brayman Honda, I'm going to Ed Morris Honda right after I leave here, how much will you charge me for this particular model? You're buying a Honda Civic, give me your best price, then I'm going to your competitor. You do that three times. Now you got three bids on your financing, your trade-in, and your new vehicle. You're going to get the best deal you could possibly get. I hope we answered that question for you, and good luck with your uh, new car purchase. Uh, there's uh, so so much research to do on so many levels, and uh, three, as uh, Earl, you know, just said about the uh, three prices that you would get on your uh, trade-in uh, transparency all the way around. Uh, you really have to be careful out there and do your homework. Uh, knowledge is power. Give us a call. We have uh, $50 left for the next new lady caller, 877-960-9960. Or you can text us with your questions, uh, your thoughts at 772-497-6530. Now back to the recovering car dealer. Rick and I were talking before the show about some seminars he's doing for our first responders. Seminars on what to do if you have a hybrid or electric vehicle involved in an accident. What a lot of people don't know is that these vehicles can be extremely dangerous if you don't know what you're doing when you're tinkering, when you're repairing. Um, rule number one is uh, don't ever tinker, but Rick, uh, uh, just give us a couple of the uh, high points of what you're going to be telling the fire people. You've got a, a North Palm Beach Fire Department, the Palm Beach Gardens Fire Department you'll be speaking to. Yep. Uh, primarily, it's going to be Palm Beach Gardens Fire Rescue with North Palm is sitting in also. And we'll be at their station number one on Burns Road uh, starting next Saturday for three weeks to basically help them understand what they need to know when they approach these vehicles that have been in an accident. And, of course, fire res first responders, fire rescue, they have their own pretty much agenda, things that they need to know that gets pretty specific for them. But uh, for folks that like to play with their own cars, anytime that you have a hybrid or electric vehicle, be aware that there are two what we call industry standards. If you see something wiring, any sort of wiring, 
that is wrapped in a bright yellow housing. That's generally related to airbags. Leave it alone. Especially do not touch bright yellow cable housing or the bright yellow connectors. Messing with those airbag connectors, it can cause some pretty bad things to happen because there is a potential, especially if you're playing around with the voltmeter or something, you could set off an airbag. So be very careful with those. And if you don't get plugged in properly, that airbag may not deploy in an accident like it's supposed to. The other one is the industry standard now for electric and hybrid cars, anything high voltage is going to be bright orange. And when Honda actually first got their insight to the U.S. back in 2001, they beat Toyota by just a few months. They actually were covering them in a bright blue. And they very quickly switched to orange. And now it's industry standard. Tesla, Nissan, Honda, Ford, Chevy, every manufacturer that has a hybrid car or an electric car, if it's bright orange, leave it alone. Mm. That's the high voltage current that can cause serious injury. Well, the best advice for your sample, just don't yeah. tinker with your hybrid or your uh, electric vehicle. Uh, if you were from you know from the old days and you liked to tinker, you can't do it with these vehicles. High voltage, you electrocute you, kill you, and just leave the leave the hood closed and take yep. it to a qualified technician that knows what he's doing. And if you do start playing a little bit. If you should have a vehicle fire, the first, foremost, thing: call the fire department immediately, especially on hybrid vehicles. Get back away from the vehicle and keep everyone back away and try to stay out of the smoke path. Because a lot of newer cars, not just hybrids, but a lot of the other newer cars, the chemicals that are used in building those cars... That smoke path can be quite dangerous to your lungs, to your health. So if you ignore what we're warning you to do and your car catches on fire, run. Run. (laughs) Get away from it. Or if it catches on fire for any other reason. That's right. For any other reason. Step back away quickly. Yeah, we've seen a few of those, uh, that footage on the uh, news uh, recently. That's amazing, isn't it? Just think about it. You're in your vehicle, you're going down 95, and it catches fire, and someone's screaming at you, pull over, get out, get out, get out. If I see a bunch of plastic burning, I'm generally not going to breathe what's coming out of it. No, (laughs) no. We're going to go to our next caller. uh, That is uh, Frank from Jupiter Farms. Good morning, Frank. Hey, good morning, guys. Um, This is going to be a quick one. Just the other night on Channel 12 News, they were talking about the airbag issue. By any chance, did you happen to see that? I missed it, Frank. What did they say? Oh, they were um, actually talking about the deaths and things like that, and they're actually going to start trying to do something. Well, and immediately well. I thought of Earl Stewart and Nancy and his team, and I go, you're finally getting some um, well, I'm very some happy people in Washington looking at this. So glad to hear it. I, if they, why the media has ignored this so long, I have no idea. And I'm so happy to hear that. Uh, congratulations to Channel 12 uh, for talking about it. That's all we can do is talk about it. And then we need, if you talk about it enough, the voters hear about it. When the voters hear about it, then the politicians start to pay attention. If you notice right now, the only thing the politicians will do is something that's going to get them more votes. And uh, it's, uh, we're, we're talking to the car coming to the radio show about Pam Bondi. And she's got some sort of a, a her new... Uh, Mission in life is what her her new uh, her newsletter recent newsletter is uh, about the uh, 
campsites and uh, being taken ad- advantage of. Yeah, campsites. So that's really important. All you campers out there, she's worried about you. Uh, she's not worried about you getting to the campsite and your airbag exploding in your face. But when you get to the campsite, keep your hands out of the fire. <laughs> and Frank, on a, on a more serious note, you know, I, I keep in touch with uh, Pam uh, Bondi, uh, let me clarify that statement. I, I receive her newsletter. So, you know, uh, I haven't given up. I hope that uh, one week I'll click on her website and she'll give some attention to the uh, Takata uh, situation because uh, it's like at a snail's pace. Uh, and we, we're going to take what we can get, and we've gotten some attention. And uh, we're still, Earl is still on the journey to save lives and it is a very important topic because uh, uh, to just pull a pin off a hand grenade, that's what you have whenever you have a defective airbag. And uh, we're sorry we missed that segment uh, the other evening on the news, but uh, we want to thank you for the call. Do you have any other questions? Well, actually, your time was impeccable while I was on hold listening to the electric car. My son, who um, lives up in Port St. Lucie but works here in Jupiter as a, as a postal worker, is um, not happy with his um, mileage he's getting out of this old Honda and it's pulling apart. Mm-hmm. And he's thinking about electric cars. So I, I learned something that they say you can learn something every day with the orange cars and things like that. So. Yeah, there was actually, uh, anyway. it was kind of kept white, Frank, but when the hybrids first came out, uh, there were uh, technicians electrocuted uh, working on these things. The manufacturers didn't like to talk about it, naturally, but uh, I believe it was not just dealership technicians, but I think even some uh, manufacturing uh, folks uh, were injured or killed. You know, nobody fully appreciated how much voltage comes. You say a battery, how, how bad can a battery be? Well, a hybrid battery is huge, and they have a, a lot of power, and they are deadly. And so our technicians uh, in our dealership wear thick, insulated gloves when they work on a hybrid or an electric car. Yes, well, um, I'm looking at a new investment company, and um, the guy is really cool. He's got a Fisker. Fisker, something like that. Are you familiar with that? Electric car? Oh, yeah. The Fisker, yeah. Okay, anyway. So um, it's a pretty unique. It sits in your parking lot, and it's getting charged from the um, roofs. Solar panels on it. He also... Yeah, it's it's amazing for him. But, uh, anyway, he was, he also got we just started talking about the vault and things and something for my son. It's amazing. Um, I never really thought about electric cars until just recently. So, and we did stop by your dealership Saturday, and I can't believe how much people with um, with the construction going on. But it was a uh, an interesting visit as always. So we'll we'll be back there again because we are looking for another car. Well, thank you, Frank. Uh, you're a great caller, and uh, hope you can call again next week. Love to hear from you anytime. Yeah, not, not to worry. You have a nice day. Thanks again for being on the air. Sure thing. Thanks for the call, 877-960-9960, or you can text us at 772-497-6530. And remember, we do have the Mystery Shopping Report coming up, and that will be from Prime Auto in West Palm Beach. And uh, if, you didn't, uh, if you didn't catch Earl's uh, latest uh, column uh, this past week, uh, you can uh, catch that at www.earloncars. Uh, the open letter to all Florida enforcement officers ticket all vehicles with open safety recalls. How do you feel about that? If you're shy, 
Text us. Let us know how you feel about that latest column, 772-497-6530. Or you can give us a call. We'd love to hear from you at 877-960-9960. And uh, if you're unable to listen to our live show or you want to listen to any of the past shows, you can always go to Earl Stewart on Cars. You can uh, check out Apple, SoundCloud, Google, and Stitcher. And if you would like to watch highlights from our show, you can simply go to youtube.com slash Earl on Cars. So you have a lot of uh, sources uh, to uh, listen to our past shows, uh, listen to us today. And again, uh, we can't thank you enough for tuning in to Earl Stewart on Cars. Now back to the recovering car dealer. When Nancy and I were driving to the show this morning, to the studio, we were talking about, you know, what, what is the theme of our show this morning? And, of course, the theme is whatever you want to talk about, but uh, on, on our mind is this whole idea of the uh, lower-income people that are buying the older cars. And I talked about this a few minutes ago. Um, it's kind of the worst combination of all things when you have someone who is desperate to buy a car, but their financing, their credit score won't allow them to do so. Uh, when you're desperate, you do some things that are not as prudent as they should be, uh, such as uh, be too careful about the car you buy. You just want to buy any car because you have to have a car. Uh, think about a family man or family woman. Uh, they got kids to take care of. They probably have medical issues, and they don't have a lot of money. That's one of the reasons they have bad credit. And they live in Florida, which does not have a great mass transit system. Uh, 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 Palmtran or uh, Brightline isn't the answer to a whole lot of people. And most people need a car. They've got to get the kids to school. They've got to get to the pharmacy. Uh, They've got to get to work. Uh, during the Great Recession we had, they found out that people would actually let their home be foreclosed on before they let their car be repossessed. The car, they say, you can sleep in your car, but you can't drive your home to work. So people would actually forego you know, a roof over their head to have a car, which is a mm. roof over your head, so yep. there you are. When you get desperate like that, you go into a place <clears throat> that is a catering to the lower income. We went into Prime Autos. Uh, we've been into Easy Drive. Stu, was that it? Easy Pay Cars. Easy Pay Cars. There's Beach Cars. You see them all over the place. Drive There's time. thousands and thousands of these buy here, pay here lots. And this is a source of last resort for people that can't afford to do anything else. One thing I, I admonish folks to when they are in this position is to, first of all, don't assume <coughs> that this is your last resort. It's amazing today what lenders are doing, and I'm talking about legitimate lenders, banks, maybe even credit unions, in terms of financing cars with people that have bad credit. Uh, your credit score might be in the high 500s or middle 500s on a Beacon or a FICO score, and you think I have no choice but go to a buy here, pay here. Check with the legitimate lenders first. Uh, try that. Sometimes you can be pleasantly surprised. And if you go to a legitimate lender, your chances of being taken advantage of are much lower 
than when you go into a buy here, pay here. Buy here, pay here will charge you the maximum legal interest rate that the state there found in will allow. In Florida, that ranges up in the 20 and 30 percent. Now imagine, you got a good score, you can buy a car at 3 percent or less. You have bad credit, you're going to be paying 30 percent. Doesn't sound fair. Uh, it can be fair and it can be a necessity because would you rather pay 30 percent and be able to get a job and go to work or pay uh, not pay 30% and not have a car. So that's a rock and the hard place that most of these people are caught between. <clears throat> I would implore anyone to call the show, but you know, credit, bad credit is a, uh, an embarrassing thing, and some people don't like to talk about it. Uh, but if you, if you would call the show and you have a situation like this, we can certainly give you some advice. 877-960-9960. That's 877-960-9960. And we haven't been getting a lot of text, which is unusual. Usually we get more text. I, uh, I see where Craig is uh, asking about the uh, electric cars, and he's uh, asking if Toyota will have full electric by 2025. I would be amazed if we didn't have a Toyota with full electric. I think uh, all of the manufacturers have come to realize that all electric is the name of the game. They were talking hydrogen fuel cells for a while. They were talking about hybrids for a while. And there are even those who are saying that we're never going to have anything but a turtle combustion. The electrical cars are just not practical. The way technology is moving now, there will be battery technology in the foreseeable future within five years that will make it totally practical for everybody to have an electric car. So, yes, uh, Toyota, Mazda, Honda, General Motors. Yeah, Toyota reported uh, in, in May that by 2025 <coughs> they'll have an electrified version of every model they make somewhere in the world. Yeah. It doesn't matter. Does, not necessarily here, but somewhere. Probably I hope China. We I hope we answered. Yeah, I hope we answered your question, Greg. Uh, give us a call toll free at eight seven seven nine six zero ninety nine sixty, or uh, you can text us at seven seven two four nine seven six five three zero. Everybody's pointing at me, so I'm not sure whether uh, I've got some spinach on my chin. I don't know what that is. Is that what it is? That's arugula. Okay, ladies and gentlemen. We'd love to hear from you. As I said earlier, we do have the uh, mystery shopping report coming up from Prime Auto in West Palm Beach. Always an interesting mystery shop, and we'd like you to participate as far as, uh, well, grading that mystery shopping report uh, because you do make the show, and we love hearing from you, getting your opinion, and you asking us questions. And as everyone knows, Rick can answer any questions, so he's right here, and he's the genius. <laughs> Am I making you nervous? Nah. <laughs> Give us a call, 877-960-9960, and uh, again, that text number, 772-497-6530. And remember, ladies, I have $50 for you, first new lady caller. Back to the recovering car dealer. Well, here's something that <coughs> really interests me. I was reading 
of the newspaper this morning about the future of mass transportation. When you talk about Brightline, we've got Brightline, Brightline. billions yeah. of dollars spent on Brightline, <laughs> and all the big uh, municipalities, California, they got uh, Elon Musk is uh, drilling a tunnel so that they can have a, a hyper, super fast train. And somebody says, you know, maybe all these trains and these uh, uh, ingenious ideas for mass transit are going to fall flat because one thing will replace that, cars. Autonomous electric cars, autonomous electric vehicles, because when we have no driver, Uber suddenly becomes a financial reality. Lyft, uh, the type of uh, drive on demand that we have now, you have to pay a driver. What if you had an autonomous car? The cost of autonomous driverless car, autonomous car, all electric, would be less than Brightline less than bomb train. So buses and trains and the other forms of mass transit might fall flat. So before these cities start this massive infrastructure investment, Rick? Well, not to mention the idea that suppose your destination is 10 or 12 blocks, a mile and a half, two miles from the yeah. Brightline station. Exactly. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Whereas that autonomous car is going to yeah. take you right to the door. Yeah. And when you're done with that that location you simply pull out your phone hit the app and a few minutes later it pulls right up to the door and picks you up again picture picture of the usa with uh, no more trains and no more buses and no more cars as we know them today picture all of our roads now with funny looking little cars powered by electricity and no driver and that they're all linked to your smartphone and all you have to do is hit your app and the nearest one pulls up and you say, take me to Miami, I want to see the heat game, or take me to Taco Bell, take me to the pharmacy, the CVS, and you get out, and that little car goes away. And no traffic lights. And no traffic lights. But I still want a Hyperloop, though. I want to get on one of those. I know it sounds really neat, but we won't need it. (laughs) I want one. Yeah, I know you want one. (laughs) I want to go fast. He wants to go fast. Everybody wants to go fast. That's the that's the situation today. Stu, you, you, you need to go up to Daytona and do that driving experience. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm actually going to do a defensive driving in Sebring. Oh, are you? Yeah, yeah. All right. How nice. I'll, I'll report about it on the show. Yeah. I get to yeah. go fast there, I've too. been there, done that. Have it's you? A, it's a whole lot of fun. Uh, <laughs> what, what, do you, what would you like to do? Would you like to go to that text or... Uh, we, we have Nancy tell to Nancy to hold. Okay, we're going to take Nancy. She's a first-time caller. Good morning, Nancy. Good morning. You just won yourself $50, Nancy. Thank you for calling Earl Stewart on cars. Thank you. That's a great way to start the day. It sure is. You stay on the line uh, after you're finished talking to us, and uh, the uh, control room will get your information, and I'll get that check out to you. Okay, thank you very much. You're welcome. What's your question today? Okay, I have a very interesting situation. A year and a half ago, I bought a new car, and when I went in, my credit score was 820. Wow. Hmm. About um, about seven months ago, I got I went on and I found that my credit score had dropped to 720. Hmm. And I have perfect paying record. I have no late payments for I don't know how many years. I have very excellent payment credit. But what they said was is I had opened up too many new cards. And what happened was I moved to Florida. And when I moved to Florida, 
first of all, there were stores here that we didn't have in Delaware, so I got a couple of credit cards from stores that I knew I would be shopping at. Mm-hmm. And then I had work done on the house, and every person who did work on the house told me that I had a zero for, uh, interest for so many months, you know, with them, but it turned out to be a credit card. So I have all these one-time use credit cards that I want to get rid of, but now that they tell me I get rid of those cards, that will make my credit score worse. Well, that is the most interesting question I've had in a long time. I'm, uh, I'm really amazed. Uh, <clears throat> there are sources out there uh, that are probably far more uh, advised on this than I am. I did know that having too many credit cards could uh, affect your credit score, but I had no idea it could affect it that drastically. Drop from 820 to 720, I'm shocked. Stu has a point. Well, I made a little advice. The newer ones I don't think will hurt your score if you get rid of them. You want to have length of time on your credit history. So if you have a really old car that you opened up a long time ago, and you you don't want to you don't want to cancel that account. And a loss has to do with, with utilization. If you're using up, if you're pushing up towards the limit on a lot of cards, that's going to drive the score down, even if you're making perfect payments. But some of the newer ones that you get opened now up, I those have, interest. I think I have seventy five percent open credit. I don't oh, that's have good. any. Any balances hardly on anything. That's good. I wouldn't. I mean, you might want to just confirm this on by googling it, maybe. But um, I think the newer ones that you opened up, you could probably cancel those. Okay, I'll try that. I, I mean, I just didn't know where to turn. I was like crazy, and in a few months, my credit score dropped a hundred points, and I have nothing on there that's derogatory except having this work done and using these companies. The good mm-hmm. news is it can jump up just as fast. Yeah, yeah. yeah Nancy, you can go online, <laughs> go to Google, and just put the question in like you asked us. Google's amazing. Just say, uh, I, I opened a bunch of new credit cards, and my credit score plummeted. What should I do? Put that into Google, and you'll get more information than you can deal with, and you just pick out some of the uh, pertinent stuff, and it'll solve your problem. I, I think Stu is absolutely right uh, if you uh, – if you close out a card that you just opened a couple months ago, there shouldn't be a negative effect, but double-check. Yeah. I just refinanced my house, so I have a little uh, okay. <laughs> a little, uh, a little information there. Yeah, definitely. Uh, Nancy, I can't imagine the look on your face whenever you saw that your uh, you know, credit score had dropped to 720. So uh, closing out a couple of those uh, charge cards. Well, lucky uh, for you, lucky for you, drop from fantastic to really good. Yeah, yeah, you're you're in a a good place, but uh, you even want to be in a better place because you earned that eight two zero eight hundred and twenty credit score. So uh, good luck. Let us know how it all turns out. Thank Thank you. I will. I I I know there are other people who move and and make the same mistake, or if it was a mistake. but I just think people should be aware that when they use these companies to do work and they give them this 0% interest for so long that they're actually getting a mm-hmm. credit card. Yeah. yeah, there's a lot of us that don't realize that uh, your credit score is affected in so many different ways whenever you're you know, doing, making a transaction or you're working with the workers that you were just talking about. So, uh, like I said, let us know how, how everything turns out, and congratulations on the $50. Thank you very much. You're welcome. Stay in touch. Okay, I will. Uh, if you just tuned in, you're listening to Earl Stewart on Cars right here. we got uh, Rick and Stu and uh, myself, Nancy, and the recovering car dealer, of course, at the helm. And uh, I'll send it back to you. 
We have a text, and uh, I, like, I like controversy. I said at the beginning of the show we like disagreement, and we have a little disagreement on a couple texts. We have uh, Pam Lavelle who said people want to have full control of their vehicles, so that's what her opinion is of autonomous vehicles. Forget about it. And we got Craig Henney, autonomous vehicles, definitely the way redundant routes will be done first. Finland had autonomous city buses. So <clears throat> there you have two opinions. The control thing, believe me, I understand that. I love driving. <laughs> I love driving. Uh, and a lot of us feel that way. And that's uh, our culture. And cultures change. Uh, one thing that the older guys like me need to think about when we are opposed to losing control and we want to drive our cars is to say, what happens when I get too old, when I can't drive? My vision, whatever happens, my faculties, I can't drive or I shouldn't drive anymore. Some of us are driving, us old guys. We are driving, but we kind of feel like maybe we shouldn't be. And there will come a point where we really can't. How cool is it that with autonomous cars, we never have to stop driving? I mean, not actively driving, but we can be in a car and go anywhere we want to go. That's what autonomous brings us, uh, older folks. And the older folks are the ones that are kind of stuck in the old ways. And we like the control, and we like the idea of driving. So there's a, uh, there's, there's a sunny side to that street mm -hmm. of autonomous cars. Yeah. Definitely. Uh, I have a text, and uh, it's from Tracy. And Tracy is interested in uh, turning in uh, her lease, so I'll let you read that text, Recovering Car Dealer, and uh, answer it. Tracy, great question. Affects thousands of people, thousands of listeners. Turning in your lease car can be hazardous to your financial health. Mm. Uh, there's a lot of things that can happen toward the end of the lease. It gets very, very exciting. Within about six months, you start getting letters from all the dealers and the manufacturer saying, we want to lease you another car. Uh, there are penalties you pay if you don't turn the car in the right way. The right way is what the manufacturer dictates and the dealer dictates. Uh, one of the things that you need to be most aware of, if you don't repeat with that manufacturer, if you have a Honda and you decide you want to buy a Nissan, you're going to have to pay a lease termination fee. They're going to charge you three or four hundred bucks just because you didn't lease another Honda. So be on the alert for that. Uh, the other thing is your higher mileage. You're allocated when you sign the lease. Chances are you didn't read the fine print, but you were probably allocated ten or fifteen thousand miles a year. If you put more than that on, there's a penalty. Uh, it could be 25 cents a mile, 20 cents a mile, something in that area. And that can be a lot of money. I mean, I've seen leasing penalties in the thousands of dollars. Something to be aware of when you lease the car. It's too late <clears throat> when you have to turn it in. Finally, there's the above normal wear and tear. And that is, again, kind of subjective. What is normal? The manufacturer tells you what's normal. You probably should find out when you lease the car, what do they consider normal? Ding, scratches, tread wear on your tires, stains on your upholstery, all these things add up. If your car was in an accident while you drove it and you had it repaired, red flag. They're probably going to charge you for the fact that you had the accident even when you had the car repaired. 
they use a paint meter and you could have a perfect repair and they may well try to charge you because it wasn't an accident even though it was fixed perfectly. Those are all the things you need to be aware of when you turn your car in. When you have your lease inspection, be sure you witness it, that you sign the paper that they use when they inspect it. Take your smartphone, your camera, take pictures of your car when you turn it in. <clears throat> One of the dangers of having a lease turn in is somebody else drives your car after you turn it in. Exactly. Maybe they scratch your car. Maybe they wreck your car. You could be charged for that accident. So pictures of the car, sign off, get a copy of the lease report. Know ahead of time when you lease the car whether or not you're going to have more mileage than what you normally drive. And then pay for that up front, not as a surprise when you turn your car in. Being very careful uh, whenever you uh, turn your turn your lease in, and uh, you know there are uh, there are a lot of uh, consumers that I know that are you know taking uh, they they make sure they take pictures of not only the outside of that car but the inside uh, because as Earl said you can be held responsible for any damage that's done. Rick, uh, to go back for a moment to the lady that said her credit score had dropped so quite a bit mm -hmm. with her. I noticed one thing. Um, I recently paid off the loan on my truck that I had running for five years. And because that was a five-year long account, when it paid off, my credit score dropped several points. I mean, mm -hmm. we're talking 15 to 20 points on the two main ones just because that account closed out because it was a five-year long credit account. Interesting. So, yeah, those, those credit scores can be tricky. Are you sure that that drop uh, correlated directly with paying the loan off? It happened within about two weeks after I paid it off, and there were no other changes. Nothing else yeah. had been changed. I had no other well, new be, accounts I, opened I, I or would anything. Be I would be surprised if that were true, Rick, but uh, I don't uh, don't dispute the fact that it happened about the same time. It, it came up with it just yeah. it came up with an alert saying you know you closed out an account and because I use Credit Karma and I it just happened to come up that way. Uh, well, I'm gonna investigate that. That would wouldn't make any sense at all if that were the case because there's no logic behind that. Uh, okay, I've got a text here, uh, Steve in New Jersey. Is there any update you can provide? Uh, from your meeting with Costco regarding the auto program. Uh, thanks for checking, Steve. Uh, we are still waiting on the feedback. Uh, we we had good vibes from the meeting with the Costco executives. And for you folks who aren't familiar with it, uh, we had some issues with the Costco auto buying program. And we did a lot of mystery shops, and we found out that the Costco-approved dealers for the Costco auto buying program were not abiding by the rules of the program. And there were a lot of changes in the Costco price. It was really a good price, but they were adding dealer-installed accessories to the price. They were adding dealer fees to the price. And the Costco members were not aware of this. We called all this to the attention of the Costco executives in a meeting a few weeks ago. They received them well. They appeared to understand our concern. They were going back to the drawing board, so to speak, and see if they could make some changes. We specifically asked them, would they require their dealers to provide the Costco member price online or by phone so that the Costco member would know before he walked in to the dealership? In the mystery shopping reports, we found that physically visiting the dealership 
was a very bad experience for Costco Auto members. If a Costco Auto member could get the member price on the vehicle of their interest before they went in, it would do two things. It would save a lot of aggravation on the part of the Costco member. It would also put the auto dealer on notice that if I try to play some games, I'm not going to be able to do it. I have to give the bottom line price, and if I give a higher price, they will shop my price. I'll lose the business. So the Costco executive said they would consider that, and we're waiting to hear, but we have not heard. Some light at the end of the tunnel. <coughs> Give us a call, ladies and gentlemen, at 877-960-9960, or you can text us at 772-497-6530. Do you have a text? The texts are coming in. He's yeah. got a few, yeah. Yeah, I, I have one uh, from uh, Claudia, and she wants to know when the best time of the year is for her to purchase a car and uh, also if she does all her homework she wants to know if it's safe for her to go out by herself and purchase that vehicle okay we've got another text what do you think oh i'm sorry i was reading the other text oh okay claudia she uh, is uh, in the market for a car Mm -hmm. she wants to know when the best time is for her to purchase a vehicle and she says uh, with her doing all her homework, she wants to know if it's safe enough for her to go into the dealership and uh, uh, go in by herself. Best time to buy a car is at the early end in the model year, not immediately necessarily, especially with high demand, low supply cars. But if you're thinking about buying a 2018 right now and you want to buy a new car, you're probably better wa- better off to wait a few months and buy a 2019. Uh, You'll find, especially when there hasn't been a major major model change, if the cars are fairly similar, the 219 versus the 2018. The 2019, if you do your homework and shop and compare prices, you can buy the 2019 or even lease the 2019 for as good or better price than the 2018. Uh, 2018, this time of year, uh, you're going to inherit a lot of uh, depreciation the minute you buy the car. Uh, car dealers hate for me to say that because they don't want to start stop selling 2018s now. Uh, they want to sell all the 2018s they can, uh, and then the 2019s will come in. They'll start all over. But you're better off to stick stick with the fresh model year. Mm-hmm. The discounts on the last year's model usually do not offset the first year depreciation that you suffer when you buy last year's model. There you go, Claudia. Uh, Good luck with your car purchase. And uh, my recommendation is uh, if if you're not pressed for time, I'd definitely, uh, you know, take a friend into the dealership. Uh, Even though you do your homework, uh, you know, it's a a safe bet that uh, two heads are better than one. Give us a call, 877-960-9960, or you can continue to text us at 772-497-6530. Henry's been holding. He's calling from Jupiter. Welcome to the show, Henry. Uh, good morning. Uh, just an FYI, uh, I listened to you a week or so back when you were talking about our political officials, congressmen, so forth, not showing any interest yes. in the recall of uh, these vehicles that can't be fixed and whatnot. <clears throat> Did you know that in Australia, for example, when you buy your tag, along with that tag comes uh, PIP insurance for 12 months. So when you come in and you pay three, four, five hundred $500 for your tag, that car is insured for a full 12 months for at least the minimum. Mm-hmm. Here in this country, we don't choose to do that. You could probably elaborate elaborate more on 
how much insurance one has to post when buying a new car. But people very often just put up a month or two in payment, and then we're dealing with people running around with no insurance uh, who get in accidents. Well, Henry, that is a very controversial subject. It's in the news every day. Uh, what is required, Stu, now when uh, a person buys a car? What do they absolutely have to have? Do they have to have the personal injury protection, you know, liability insurance? I don't believe so. I th- oh, no, no. I think you have to have that. You just you don't necessarily have to have collision. Yeah. Uh, if you finance a car, it's what the lender requires. If you don't finance the car, uh, today required is just... Uh, uh, and that's only if the lender requires. You don't have to have collision insurance yourself. I think what Henry's worried about is what happens if someone buys a car without insurance and runs into me and he doesn't have any money. Uh, they have no insurance exactly. on his part to take care of damaging my car. Uh, I believe that you have to have now in Florida some sort of uh, third-party uh, insurance. But I'm not positive. Uh, that's a good question. Uh, Henry and I will investigate that. Uh, anybody know the answer? Well, go ahead, Henry. The uh, the follow up is that you know it makes perfect sense to require that the tag include yeah. a twelve month. Uh, this way, if an officer looks at a tag that's expired, the car is operating without insurance. Good point. And how many times have we read of somebody who's gotten maimed or seriously injured mm-hmm. by someone without proper coverage, and uh, you know he's left holding the bag. Oh, you're absolutely right. I think so. So you're, you're suggesting we emulate Australia's law. I like it. Uh, uh, I think that uh, everybody driving a car, if they're not uh, capable, and a lot of people are not capable of, of uh, taking care of damage they do to a third party, uh, they should uh, be required to have insurance or else they can't drive the car. I like your suggestion. Okay. One other thing that uh, I'm kind of calculating in my brain buy a new car cash money over uh three years you lose a significant amount uh what's the advantage of leasing it uh does it save you anything as far as the end value of the car uh in my personal experience i bought a lexus for fifty thousand. Three years later it's worth 30 so that was a twenty thousand dollar expenditure mm-hmm. for three years so uh would it have benefited me at all to have leased it uh, or what I've still spent the same twenty same twenty thousand. There's no advantage to leasing over buying in that sense, Henry. The the uh, lessor, the uh, finance company that owns the vehicle, they've already calculated the depreciation carefully uh, into their lease payment. Uh, the only disadvantage to leasing is it's a complex transaction. The average person can be taken advantage of <clears throat> when they lease a car by the car dealer and the average person is taken advantage of car dealers average over a thousand dollar greater profit when they lease you a car than when you buy a car but if you're if you're an astute yeah that's true if you're an astute um buyer and leaser uh you just do the arithmetic you'll find out there is really no advantage one way or the other leases originated uh, from the beginning so that people could have a low payment and very little I think we just lost Henry but uh, if you're on the listening to us on the radio Henry if you lease a car and you have to go out of pocket a lot of money there goes the original advantage to leasing right there uh, 
the lease payments that you see advertised by dealers typically will have thousands of dollars down payment required in the fine print. So there is no advantage to leasing other than low monthly payment and lower cash out of pocket. Once they take away those two advantages, you just soon buy the car. There's no accounting, business advantage, or anything else. People seem to think there is, but there isn't. The manufacturers love leasing. The dealers love leasing because it's more profitable to both. Okay. Give okay. Us uh, we have... Uh you want to uh, read the text, or do you want to take Mary's uh, call? From we'll Ch take Mary. Mary's take Mary. calling from Chicago. Welcome to the show, Mary. Hey, how are you guys? Great. How Thank are you? Thank you for taking my call. Well, you're welcome. I called a, a couple. I called last year. You may, may or may have not remembered me where I set up a... Uh, I've been sending emails out as a with a guy's name, and I think I mentioned to you guys that I get better responses if I were a guy as opposed to being a female. Um from these dealers. But anyhow, my question to you is since then, you know, Earl has mentioned previously numerous times that the end of the month is the best time to buy a car. Uh, are dealers as motivated at selling used demo cars is, or versus a new one, or it's all the same towards the end of the month? Uh, if, if the end of the month is typically the best time to buy a car. <clears throat> Sounds like a urban legend, but it is true. The way the dealers operate the way they motivate their sales force, the way the manufacturers motivate their dealers is financially. A 30-day cycle, manufacturers financially, their stock uh, goes up and down based on how many cars they sold in the last 30 days. Bonuses for the sales. Yeah. So they okay. motivate <coughs> you to come and buy a car by giving you a better price. And I always recommend that you do your homework. Uh, you might spend. Which I've done. Yeah. You know, uh, yeah. Do well, it. Let me ask you. Since I'm, I'm sorry to interrupt. Since there's 31 days, so it's 30 days. So this month, I'm going to take off work because I'm having e now the emails are coming in. Now they're producing and offering and so forth. And I imagine that this week I'm going to get bombarded with emails. Mm -hmm. So not necessarily going in the last day, like the 30th, but like the 27th or even the 20, like the 26th or 27th towards the end of this month instead of like on the actual last day because they may have already met their goals and that's Sure. I mean, either day, either day is fine. I mean, you don't want to, you don't want to get pushed the deadline too far where you get beyond the, the end of the month, but certainly by the 28th, uh, you should be able to negotiate a good deal. Uh, sometimes, uh, you can negotiate a good deal on the 28th and just don't sign in until the 31st and you might find out you actually get a few more bucks discount. Um, <clears throat> the desperation level varies from dealer to dealer and from manufacturer to manufacturer. There are situations where pure desperation can set in and you can buy a car literally below the dealer's cost. I mean, all dealers right. say they sell you the car below their cost. 99% of the time they're lying. But there are literally situations in some um, sales where at the end of the month, the last day, one car can make a difference to a car dealer in the hundreds of thousands of dollars in terms of manufacturer's uh, bonuses. So the closer to the end of the month, the better. But don't push it to the very end because you don't want to find yourself in a position where you can't close the deal and then you miss out. I appreciate that. And just you know, I picked the Toyota 4Runner. Mm -hmm. That's what I'm looking at. They've been so hard to find up here in Chicago because everyone 
wants them. And the one I'm looking at I am, is a, a demo, a 2018 demo with mm. 5,000 miles. Mm -hmm. uh, but I've noticed that even just a brand new, spanking new one with zero miles, the, the difference isn't that much. No. So I'll see what I negotiate with my alias account. Yeah, uh, Mary Stu's got a comment. Happens, so. Yeah, you should get an appreciable discount off the demo. And also be aware that that does impact the warranty. The warranty is still going to go to 36,000 miles on the bumper-to-bumper -bumper and, and 60 on the uh -huh. uh, powertrain. So you do lose that those miles on the uh, uh, with the demo. Yes. Mary, well, hopefully I'll call you guys next time. Mary, were you referring, uh, this is Nancy Stewart, were you referring to the uh, article uh, that I read quite some time ago uh, in Chicago where uh, someone sent out a male and a female car buyer uh, with the same script? And they found that, uh, you know, it was definitely a different buying experience for the female. Is that the article you're talking about? No, I wasn't familiar with that, but I mean, I can just say that from my experience so far, um, it it has felt that way, or they feel as if I have, you know, I've lied and said, oh, I've got to check with my husband and stuff like that. Yeah. Like, I have to check with the male person before making a big decision. Yeah. Even though I'm a homeowner and run my own stuff, you know, it's like, uh, it's just, it's kind of sad that that's the way it is, but... I'm dealing willing with a male, you know, with a male name via email. And when it's time to come in, you know, I'm going to say it. Look, pull it out and say, look, you treated me differently mm -hmm. when I said I was a guy and here I am in a female in person. So Interesting. Great. We'll see what happens. Yep. Thank you so much, guys, for having the show. I hope to call you back with great news, okay? Thank you, Mary. Stay in touch, 877-960-9960, or you can text us at 772-497-6530. Now back to the recovering car dealer. Well, we have a call. Oh, well, oh, we do. We have Harris that's calling from West Palm Beach. Good, uh, good morning. First name is Bennett, though. So. <laughs> Bennett, okay. I don't know where we got Harris okay, from. That's okay, Mr. Stewart. Uh, a couple of questions. Um, uh, you've been talking about... Uh, the airbags a lot, and uh, when you buy a new car, uh, are there different manufacturers now to the airbags that are being put in today? And my second question is, uh, when you buy a car, you go into financing, and they try to sell you everything under the sun. Huh, you're right so, about that. <laughs> you're familiar with that, right? Oh, yeah. So, uh, is it important to buy the extended warranty and I'm thinking if a person keeps the car for a long time, then maybe it is because you get a better deal. What about gap insurance? And what about, uh, you know, the tires and wheels protection? Thank yeah. you very much. Great questions, all of them, Bennett. And uh, uh, first with the airbag, the, the manufacturer of Takata Airbag went bankrupt. In fact, I think a few of the... Uh, executives went to jail. Uh, that was uh, the worst uh, situation. I've been in the business for 50 years, never seen anything as deplorable as what happened with Takata. So they have a new owner. I can't even think of the name of the um, owner of this uh, Takata airbag. They're still building airbags. I'm sure they're they're uh, calling them something else. Uh, they were so big, Takata was so big that they supplied a majority of all the airbags in the world. That's the reason there's such a, an enormous problem. So right now, when you buy a car, whether it's a BMW, a Honda, a Chrysler, a Jeep, whatever it is, uh, you don't know what the airbag is. Uh, 
it's probably not going to have the Takata name if it's a brand new vehicle. It may have the Takata name. Uh, the Takata airbag inventory in the pipeline before they changed company names uh, was probably enormous. The problem is that the manufacturers are putting Takata airbags in cars now that they know are defective because they have no alternative. They are putting uh, Takata airbags in cars with the ammonium nitrate accelerant in the inflator, which is the problem. The ammonium nitrate, which is unstable under heat and humidity conditions and time, uh, doesn't blow up for a few years. So they can sell a new car, sell you a new car, and theoretically you can drive it safely for two, three, four years before it's going to blow up. Uh, it's hard to believe that the legislators and the regulators and politicians are ignoring the situation and the media. But that's what's going on now. Now, some of the airbags in the cars that are being installed are from different manufacturers with different accelerant that are safe. The dealers don't know, and the manufacturers won't tell you. So uh, there should be a notice to all the buyers of all the vehicles. This airbag is positively safe. It is a different design does not use the same accelerant, a different manufacturer, and is safe. But you don't know that. So the answer to your first question, New Ben. New car. Yeah. Does, you know. can, you ask the, can you ask the dealer if, uh, you know, who manufactures these airbags, whether it be in another country or the United States? The company that bought Takata was a U.S. company. And oh, okay, good. I, and I'll, I can Google that, and maybe we can find that uh, name for you. Uh, the, the other airbag manufacturers are all smaller, and uh, there's probably a large number of them. But uh, this is a, a dangerous situation. The good news is if you buy a new car today, it will have a safe airbag for a period of time. And if you trade the car in three or four years, you're probably going to be fine. It's the guy that buys the car from you after you trade it in, and then the guy that buys the car after he trades that one in that really has got a serious problem. Okay. Second part of your And what about the, uh, yeah, second yeah. question. Second question. Uh, extended warranties when you buy the car, as Bennett says, you go into the finance department and they try to sell you everything except the kitchen sink. They might even try to sell you <laughs> a kitchen sink because you'll never know it'll be in the fine print. Uh, ignore everything they have to say is the good rule of thumb. Don't buy anything. Uh, the financing, if it's competitive with your credit union, your bank, as long as you know it's a competitive interest rate, then you can accept that. Extended warranties. If you bought a good car, you checked it out Consumer Reports, it's a Nissan, it's a Honda, it's a Toyota. Uh, there are a lot of good cars on the market. Consumer Reports says it's a good car and it's got a very low frequency of repair and maintenance. Don't buy an extended warranty. It's a waste of money. If you're buying a Fiat, you probably ought to buy an extended warranty. If you're buying right. a, a Jeep, you probably ought to buy an extended warranty. Uh, gap insurance. Gap right. insurance is one of the biggest ripoffs out there. The, <laughs> the dealers are charging, in many cases, whatever they want. It's not regulated by the state insurance commissioner's office, and uh, dealers can charge anything. If you want, gap insurance can be very important. And sometimes lenders will require it. Sometimes uh, the lender will, uh, insurers like it,
because, as you know, with the gap insurance, if you wreck a new car um, and it's total, you're not going to be reimbursed the full amount that you paid for the car. And that's what they call, that's the reason that it's a good idea to have. If you put a if you put very little down payment down on a new car and you have an accident in a relatively short period of time, gap insurance can be very important. Buy the gap insurance from your insurer. If you're, you know, Geico, State Farm, Allstate, they all offer gap insurance. The gap insurance you buy from your insurer is competitively priced, generally or speaking. Or if you carry over a lot of equity from your prior loan. Exactly. Uh, if, you, you carry, if you have a lot of equity, a big down payment, uh, then you don't require right. the gap insurance at all. Um, what was the other one? Uh, gap insurance, extended warranty, tire oh, wheel, oh, tire wheel, wheel uh, protection. That is, that's not necessary. Uh, right. uh, I, I sometimes uh, feel like in areas like South Florida, where we have a huge amount of road construction and debris in the roads, uh, in my car dealership experience, I seem to see seen an exorbitant amount of people coming in with road hazards, you know, nails, screws, torn tires. Right. Uh, I sometimes say if you want to buy road hazard insurance, it might not be such a good idea. But like all insurance, the insurance company makes all the money. I'd rather bank it myself. And if I was worried about road hazard, I was worried about a uh, gap or worried about a, a warranty, put 100 bucks in a savings account uh, every month and, and insure it yourself because uh, the insurance companies make an obscene amount of money no matter what you buy from them. And I tell you, I must agree with you a thousand percent about insurance companies making all the money because next to the church, they are the second biggest business <laughs> because they're so nice to you yeah. when you get in an accident. But if it's your fault, yeah. your rates go up and you pay for it, so yeah. the insurance companies aren't losing any money. Yeah. What a gimmick, is it not? Yeah. It's, uh, you know, I, I wish I had more time to attack the insurance companies. but Oh, I, I got, have a thousand questions. <laughs> oh, my gosh. It's such I a good If I had another life, I'd go after the insurance companies, but I'm not through with the car dealers yet. So when I get through with the car dealers, I'm moving toward the insurance companies. Right. Listen, thank you so much. Thank I you, Ben. I appreciate the answers. You guys are great. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for joining us this morning. You're hungry for something new. You found it right here at Earl Stewart on Cars. So you want to stay tuned for the mystery shopping report that's coming up. And uh, I miss Alan. Boy, he went after the insurance companies like crazy, didn't he? He was very passionate about what he did. Exactly. Okay, I think the recovering car dealer has a text message. You know what I'm going to do? I'm going to start on the uh, mystery shopping report, and I'll get to the text after that, because I want to be sure that we get through the mystery shopping report. Remember, ladies uh, and gentlemen, you can vote. Uh, Give us a text and let us know uh, your rating on the mystery shopping report. Uh, And the mystery shopping report is from Prime Auto in West Palm Beach. Now back to the recovering car dealer. This week, we continue to take a look at buy here, pay here dealers in our listening area. In the past, Earl Stewart and Cars has not paid enough attention to these independently owned lots that primarily cater to consumers who have bad credit and can't or think they can't buy a car from a more mainstream finance outlet. Another thing that motivated this is on my Facebook page, I had a nice woman um, post uh, a comment to me and saying that one of the things she does is take care of people that have difficult 
time buying cars because of their credit, and she wanted to know some names of more recommended buy here, pay here lots. And we talked earlier in the show about people with bad credit who are victimized uh, being the theme of the show. So uh, this mystery shopping report fits right in. Buy Here, Pay Here Lots Act is both the seller and the lender. They hold their own paper. That's a jargon, car dealer jargon, for financing cars directly instead of going through a, a lender. These dealers typically charge the highest interest rates allowed in our state and often demand some unusual conditions for their customers to secure credit with them. For example, many require weekly payments instead of typical monthly payments because most of people of low income are paid weekly and not monthly. They do this to ensure that their customers' weekly paychecks will be used for their car payments, avoiding the risk that it will be spent on other needs first. Now, I call myself the recovering car dealer. One of the things I recovered from, I used to have a buy here, pay here lot, and it was on Okeechobee Boulevard back in the 70s and 60s uh, called Stewart Select Cars. And uh, that's exactly what we did. We sold old junk cars. And uh, we charged, uh, we had weekly payments, and uh, it was for the people with had really, really bad credit that couldn't afford to buy cars anywhere else. I got out of that business. I don't like that business, but it has its place. So I speak from experience, and I am a recovering car dealer. Many buy here, pay here lots actually install GPS satellite trackers so they can have the ability to locate their collateral, also known as the customer's car anywhere in the world. Some even install engine kill switches that allow them to disable the customer's car if a payment isn't made on time. How horrible is that? I mean, you, you take your kids to school and you go back to start your car. And you're stuck. And you're stuck. Mm -hmm. And then you're humiliated. We've been pitched that by vendors selling yes. that system to us. Exactly. Things have changed quite a bit, haven't they, since the 70s? Yeah. Whenever you'd go out to see if your car was still parked out front, and it was gone yeah. in the dark of the yeah. night. Imagine if your car stalled at a traffic light, and that happened. Mm. Some of these practices sound ridiculous, and if we don't have time to, and we don't have time to debate their merits here, but suffice it to say that buy here, pay here, lots deal with an enormous amount of risk and employ these tactics and charge high interest in consideration of this risk. Now, I can speak from personal experience. I didn't make very much money at Stewart Select Cars to buy here, pay here lot. Matter of fact, it was a nightmare, and I barely made money. So, one thing that can be said for high interest rates is when you operate this type of business, you have to charge high interest rates. That's not to say that some of these buy here, pay here lots aren't making a lot of money, and not to say that some of these tactics are beyond uh, what you should do to human beings to collect your money. We also discussed the need that buy here, pay here lots fulfill for certain customers. In many cases, these consumers have no other option for personal transportation. Their livelihood depends on the service. This is why it is worthwhile for us to look into this kind of business. The potential for exploitation of needy people is always there. We've also looked at how these small independent dealers are handling the Takata recall crisis. We've had mostly poor results with the buyer payers, uh, just as likely as the big dealers, uh, as frequently with the big dealers, to mislead their public, uh, the customers, about the safety of the vehicle they're selling. Last week, however, we were amazed 
to discover a buy here, pay here that earned an A plus on a Takata test. Uh, we hardly ever give A's to the salesman or the dealer, and uh, to a buy here, pay here, amazing. Uh, a plus to the dealer and to the salesperson. If you tuned in, you heard the Easy Pay Car in Stewart, Stewart, Florida, actually put the brakes on the sale of a Takata car. They admitted the car was not safe and rightfully placed on. We put them on a recommended dealer list found at GoodDealerBadDealerList.com. So, if you're thinking about buying a car, go to GoodDealerBadDealerList.com, and that's where we put our good guys and our bad guys. And we're starting to develop a separate list for buy here, pay here. Uh, and this is in response to the posting we had on my uh, Facebook page. Uh, Easy Pay Cars is owned by the Wallace Auto Group, and they're like their parent company. They're a trustworthy place to buy a car. So we're going to try to develop uh, several more buy here, pay here. And that was the purpose of this shop I hold in my hand. This week we visited a buy here, pay here that bills itself as the oldest independent car dealership in Palm Beach County. If you've ever stayed up watching TV at 3 a.m. or early on a Sunday morning, you know exactly who they are. Prime Autos uh, buys up hours of television time for something best described as an extended commercial. Uh, the ad stars the deal man, dressed in goofy, <laughs> bright, colored clothes. I love the commercial. Oh, they're great. I mean, I'll stop. They're addictive. If I accidentally flip past it on the channel, I stop in my tracks, I call Nancy, and we stare at it. It's yeah. hypnotizing yeah. to watch the deal, man. It's a ritual for and me to got, watch that. In just, just a second, we're going to show you what we're talking about. Yeah. He speaks in a silly, made-up accent. It's an odd combination of rural uh, and you, urban. You, you miss his, his costume. Uh, <laughs> oh, yeah. Uh, the uh, He's got a nose and glasses like a Groucho Marx thing. And, uh, a I mean, top hat. A top hat. <laughs> <laughs> Stu, uh, excuse me for a second. Has his uniform ever changed? The deal Has man introduces each vehicle hat, for yeah. sale, includes each offer with a trademark. So now we're going to put it on. You're not going to impersonate. I will try. First, I got to watch. Well, first there's the, the introduction, <laughs> and then there's the the description of the car. Okay. So we're, we're Cue the now. deal man, okay? Hey, the deal man here for Prime Autos, Palm Beach County's oldest and largest independent auto dealer on Okeechobee Boulevard, right here in West Palm Beach. Prime Autos always has a great selection of extra clean cars, trucks, vans, and sport utility vehicles to choose from. Now pay attention now, because here are just a few of them. Believe it, Prime Autos has a super sporty and totally loaded 2012 Nissan Sentra SR with factory navigation, Bluetooth, CD, alloys, moonroof, and so much more for only $69.90. That's, that's brilliant. <laughs> okay. Fifty nine ninety. I go. can't go that you, high. You can't go that high. Yeah, that's <laughs> yeah. falsetto there. But that's everything is something nine ninety. Yeah, everything. Yeah. So. so anyway, even if you don't want to buy a car, if you got perfect credit, try to find the Deal Man on television. It's better than. Or we just go on YouTube. Search oh, go to YouTube. YouTube. Go to YouTube. They got all his, hundreds, all his commercials on there. Okay, back into the mystery shopping report. We started this mission by finding a 2008 Honda Accord 
EXL on the Prime Models website. It was being offered for sale for ninety nine ninety. Using uh, SaverCar.gov, the NISA website, we quickly discovered it had two open safety recalls, including a passenger side Takata airbag. Parts for their recall are, are available from Honda, but the repairs have not been made. We double-checked Honda's recall site and auto-check and confirmed the recall's information on the NISA site was accurate. Agent X called Prime Autos to make sure it was still there and available for sale. He spoke to Scotty, who confirmed it was, and arranged to meet Agent X at 7 p.m. They're on uh, Okeechobee Boulevard, right? Mm -hmm. Prime Autos, yeah, West yeah. Palm Beach. You know, here it is right here. I arrived at Prime Autos at 7 p.m. The place was old. Been there. It's old. Been there for 50 years. Mm -hmm. uh, actually, I thought I was the oldest car dealer, but I've only been, okay. Um, it was Scotty greeted me, asked me what car I wanted to drive home today. I told him we had spoken on the phone. I was the guy who wanted the 2008 Accord. Great, he said. Led me to the car about 20 feet from where we were. Uh, standing, Scotty opened the door, watched me poke around. I told him it was looked pretty good. It was really clean. I asked him if they checked the cars out to make sure they're mechanically sound. Scotty told me how they acquired the cars. They said they were very picky and would not buy from auctions, like that was a good way to buy cars. He proudly stated that they buy all their cars from reputable local dealers. We make sure the selling dealer performs an inspection and makes repairs before Prime Auto buys them. Now, I'll put my dealer hat on for a minute. Virtually 99.9% .9 of the dealers all sell their trade-ins and wholesale cars at auctions. Very few sell them directly. I'll and back on I would seriously question the fact that, well, that the reputable dealers are selling these cars to Prime Autos, mm -hmm. but that's just my humble opinion. I asked again, so you're telling me there are no mechanical issues? His response was that Prime Autos has been there in the same location for 48 years and they have never had a problem with their reputation. I moved on. I asked if we could take it for a spin. Scotty said yes, got the keys and the plate. We took off down Okeechobee Boulevard. On the ride, I asked if it had ever been in an accident. Question number one. Scotty said he didn't think so. I asked about seeing a Carfax report. You, you're going to love this. Scotty said... They did not believe in Carfax. <laughs> mm. <laughs> they do not believe in Carfax. And they only believe in selling Prime Autos used cars for reasonable prices. For the record, we do not believe in vehicle history reports. We do. <laughs> we do believe, yeah, for the, we do. This 2008 Honda shows that it had been two accidents, including one that was disabled. But that's laughable. But it's also a little sad because when you say you don't believe in Carfax, it tells you how the people that typically patronize the buy here payer to sell if if I'm I'm a car dealer they don't need Carfax if I told one of my customers I didn't believe in Carfax report I w they would run screaming out into the street because Absolutely. it'd be like saying that I I didn't believe in air I don't believe in uh, the Earth rotates around uh, the sun or revolves I should say. 
We returned to the lot and Scotty asked me to come inside and sit at his desk so we could discuss the numbers. A man named Mr. Beach came over to congratulate me on my purchase. He picked up the keys on the desk, read the plastic tag, and walked away. Scotty said he had to go to talk to Mr. Beach and ask how I would be paying for the Honda. I said I was getting the money from my credit union. Uh, they never heard this before at Prime Auto. He confirmed this by asking, so you're not financing with us? He left to go to talk with Mr. Beach and returned quickly. He presented a handwritten order worksheet that called, it was called the Finance Approval Worksheet. He said I was getting the manager's special, a discount off the post at $9,990. The price was $9,220. He dropped the $289 dealer prep and the $189.90 processing fee. Uh, tag was COD, cash and delivery. I asked why they weren't charging the dealer fees. He said it was the manager's special. I started the worksheet for a minute and then asked Scotty, before I agree to pay this, buy this car, can you tell me if there are any safety issues that could concern me? He asked me, like what? I replied, like something that could go wrong and kill me. <laughs> Scotty said he'd go ask Mr. Beach. He returned about five minutes later with printed copies of a recall report from NHTSA. Very casually, he told me, yeah, there's a Dakota recall and a seatbelt recall. You should take the car to a Honda dealer to get those fixed. It's free. I thanked him for pointing that out. He suggested we write it up so I could drive the Accord home. I asked if he could do better than 9220 I started looked up at the car in Kelly Blue Book, said it would sell for 6500 Scotty was visibly irritated. He shot back, Kelly Blue Book doesn't sell cars. <laughs> I backed off. I asked him again about the recall. He suggested I call a Honda dealer. We'll wrap it up this way. You can see the way people are treated. They're used to yes. treating selling cars to desperate people. They're not used to selling cars to people that are educated that are informed, uh, that uh, can finance the car themselves, much less pay cash. They did finally, when pushed, pushed hard, admit the car had a safety recall. Ask, yeah. They probably didn't know it had a safety recall. They ran it right there. They probably didn't care if it had a safety recall. They probably don't even look. They've never been asked that question never. in 48 years. Yeah. <laughs> so now we have the dilemma. Do we recommend Prime Autos? Uh, I say if we don't recommend Prime Autos, just like Easy Pay and Stewart, we had to point out the fact that the car had a defective airbag. These people that are buying cars from Dyer Payer are victimized regularly, and that's just the way it is. You can put all the Dyer Payers out of business, and the people that desperately need transportation won't be able to buy a car. Let's vote. Rick? I'm going to go with a C for Scotty and a C for the dealership because I think I don't see where they did anything dishonest but I think they did admit to the recall when we brought it up yeah. you know so I'm, I'm going C for a pass I give him a D I uh, just didn't like the remark about Carfax or Kelly uh, Blue Book and uh, you know it's sure. a minefield out there C minus uh, especially because of the questions about mechanical soundness that he didn't address it he just says we buy them from good places yeah, I'll, leave, I'll, I'll give them the highest score. I'm going to give them both a B. Um, and I'm considering the company and the source and the need for buy-here-payer lots. Uh, and in the same breath, I say to all you regulators and politicians and legislators out there, you see what's going on, 
and I'm having to pass a passing score to somebody that's endangering the lives of the citizens of Florida. And it's your fault, Rick Scott and Pam Bondi and all you politicians. It's your fault. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you for joining us here at Earl Stewart on Cars. We'll see you next weekend, same time, 8 to 10 o'clock. Have a wonderful weekend.